This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, baby. In this world there's a whole lot of pain. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, but a whole lot of ground to gain. Why take when you could be giving? Oh, I watch as the world goes by It's a hard enough life to be living Why walk when you can fly? Kiora, Talofa, Nihau Greetings, welcome Welcome to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio Plains FM 96.9 Welcome listeners, my name is Debbie May. You're listening to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio on Plains FM 96.9. Today in the studio I'm chatting with Claire, who's come to share a bit of her own journey and also about her role in awareness. So welcome to you, Claire. Hi, kia ora. <laughs> so Claire, would you like to start by just telling me a wee bit about yourself? Thank you, uh, Debbie. It's... um quite a, a neat thing to experience a, a chat with you in this context. I haven't done this sort of uh, talking before, so just bear with me as I um, get my thoughts together. Great. Um, just relax. Go with it. I um, I come from a background um, where there is quite significant deafness and hearing loss right. um, from over generations. Um, I wasn't born with a problem, but um, developed a hearing problem um, as a preschool child, and I have it just in one ear. Um, I couldn't use hearing aids until I was 17 at high school, um, and it actually aggravated my ears and things and made it quite challenging, and I think also it was a bit of a um, a struggle emotionally to right. sort of have to put it on, take it off um, at that kind of age and stage. Um, I think um, there's sort of um, issues that that people with impairments uh, struggle with or disabilities that Mm -hmm. are similar to those with mental health and addiction issues, similar to those who are challenged um, in a cultural linguistic minority sense. And I think um, I, that the, the experience reflects a lot of the same struggles. So I, I'm quite passionate about working with people who, who struggle with different things um, along the lines of disability or right. mental health and addiction. I could imagine listening to you that, um, as you said about when you were 17 and, and having to use it, hearing aid, that there'd be um, all sorts of things going on for you, like isolation, fear of being discriminated against. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, made fun of. Yeah. yeah, and it's just the whole thing of, um, you know, when you're in a class with a lot of background noise and maybe 30 other people, mm. um, it's quite challenging to pick up on the conversation and you have to focus so hard on what is being said. Uh, um, there's 
a quote from uh, Victor Hugo that I'd like to mention. Sure. Um, what matters deafness of the ear when the mind hears the one true deafness, the incurable deafness, is that of the mind. Mm. Um, and that kind of reflects a lot, I think, on how um, people perceive people with hearing loss and deafness. Mm. Um, maybe people might say that not everyone agrees with that, but that's true. But also for people with mental health and addiction issues that um, often they feel they're not heard mm. um, um, from you know, a, a sense of understanding and compassion. Um, and I think having compassion and understanding is where true hearing belongs rather than in defective ears or hearing ears. Mm. Um, so um, if it doesn't um, resonate with someone, what someone else is saying or they don't identify with it, then um, there's not much chance for progress or for improvement for people. So have you made, um, over the years, made peace with your deafness? Um, I I think it's like, I see it as a gift, mm-hmm. if that can make sense. Like, um, it's a challenge. Um, sometimes the things that challenge us the most can also turn out to be a gift if we can then use it to help someone else. Right, if we so can the use gift the word is help. that you can use it to yeah, and, um, be more um, empathetic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think lived experience, whether it's in um, a mental health or addiction sense, um, whether it's in terms of gender or ethnicity, um, or um, people's you know educational background or whatever. So it's all a similar journey in terms of uh, the struggle type side of things. Um, like with um, right. hearing um, problems, there's uh, historically it involves minority rights, um, issues with um, bilingualism and mainstreaming, um, and that happens in a different context of mental health and addiction where people um, are a minority and treated like that and discriminated against at times and don't have their rights always respected in the way that they would want them to be or that we would want them to be. Um, And it's understandable that when people um, are deprived of their rights uh, that they can be frustrated, angry, anxious or lacking in confidence. Uh, And I think that's where support is needed and understanding. I'm interested that you mentioned biculturally. Can you talk a bit more about that? Um, uh, yeah, we'll say bilingualism. But um, yeah. I'm not sure what that means. Okay, so that people, um, if they're from a hearing, um, uh, hard of hearing background, deaf or hearing impaired, might then want to need or use sign language. Right. Um, well, Maori need te reo Maori, um, and yeah. it's a similar thing. And I'm really grateful that in New Zealand now that both um, te reo Maori and uh, New Zealand Sign Language are um, recognised official languages. Mm. And um, in my opinion, uh, at the moment, uh, I think sign language should be promoted all the more when we've got the COVID situation and masks are making it very challenging for communication. That's a very interesting one. And I was thinking when you were talking about it, it 
always fascinates me when I watch the one o'clock updates and see the interpreters. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's really come a long way. Like I was at a hearing and they had an interpreter as well. Yes, and it yes. was really interesting to watch the interpretation. And, yes. And, and I, I always think, how do they do that when... You know, the Prime Minister's gone about three or four sentences over yes, here that yes. they can condense it in a Absolutely. way that yes. makes sense. Yeah. So it, it's it's really great that it's a sure, official language now. Sure. Even if there are some concepts that might be lost in the translation and also bearing in mind that the word order is the opposite way round often for like sign language you have the question at the end of the sentence. Oh, okay. So then you've I didn't got to think that. um yeah, it's uh, quite challenging to incorporate mm-hmm. different ways of doing things. Um, so yeah. would you like to see it taught right through from, you know, kindergarten? Well, through... yeah, I mean, like a total immersion, yeah. like you have... Um, oh, it's some, probably... Um, yeah. It would be really great, It would be really it? good, yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people who feel the same way or just some people, but um, mm-hmm. certainly I think it could be, um, yeah, made more of a maybe mandatory mm-hmm. uh, thing in schools anyway, if not preschools. I think it's really interesting. One of the things we are, too, is um, people like, I'm going to be 60 next year. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my, the, from the 50s to about the 70s that are starting to go deaf yes. or have hearing impairments yes. and well, needing hearing aids or you know, don't know the sign language sort of thing. If you took took it from the kids at, like, preschool and they learnt it as just part of, like, another language. Yes, yes. And it became natural for them. Sure, sure. It would, I think it would make... Do you think that would break down a lot of discrimination uh, as well? And a lot of, yeah, just barriers that exist for um, people and being misunderstood or misrepresented. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, um, I think... Too, that uh, there was some research done years ago, I think, in the States. Um, I'm not sure if it was Harlan Lane or someone else who um, said that the um, mind doesn't have to just rely on spoken language, right. that we have the capacity to learn through um, reading and writing and also through signing, that it shouldn't be that body language. That, yeah, that speech is a limiting factor for people. Mm. Um, yeah. So you, you've you noticed, and I guess, I mean, I've noticed, but um, wearing masks makes communication yeah. a lot harder for hearing totally. impaired people. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you call yes. yeah, hearing impaired? Um, or hard of hearing. Hard um, of hearing. One thing that's really good is that there are um, mask exemption cards that right. you can get through, like um, the DPA, Disabled Persons Assembly, and right. Deaf Aotearoa, um, and people can go to their doctors and get a letter um, of exemption if they need it. And it may not be a hearing impairment, it mm-hmm. might be a respiratory problem mm-hmm. or something that impairs their ability to communicate mm. um, or just to breathe and, and feel okay. Um, but having said that, that, there's also that sense that you need to wear a mask to kind of you know, fit in mm. um, or to be oh, doing the right thing with the... We seem to be doing the right thing. Yeah, and also to be able to, um, you know, uh, be following, obviously, the mandate from the Ministry of Health and the government to uh, prevent the spread of infection 
at the moment or so that's almost like a, a underground um, stigma or discrimination yes. as well isn't it yes, if it you've is. got an ex- not maybe you personally but if you've got an exemption for um, not wearing a mask and and I know that I've been guilty of that when I've been out and about looking at people and thinking, oh, you're not wearing a mask. Yes, or, yeah. you know, um, so it's really interesting what the mind does yes. and how we frame our existence, yes. isn't it? Absolutely. And, and rather than actually stepping back and thinking, oh, okay. Sure, yeah. sure. And it's like probably in past centuries of things like leprosy and people were yes. maybe put out to Quail Island or whatever to... Right. Um, Tuberculosis. Yeah, tuberculosis. It was a really big one, wasn't it? Yes. So um, it's just another hump of a a different nature, but a a similar um, impact in in how people think or their attitudes towards it. Yeah. So if you could have your your perfect utopia dream around um, what hearing impairment and... um, Mental health and bi- bilingualism. Yep. There's another word, listeners, who know me really well. I struggle <laughs> over words. <laughs> um, but I got there. <laughs> what would that look like? Um, yeah, how, how would we oh, no, regulate it's big... it? Yeah, it's... And I guess, like, we really need it to be trilingualism, don't we, so that we've we've got equal weighting for Tauri or Māori for sign language and for English. Um, and having said that, people who have other languages too that yes. are around in New Zealand and other cultures um, uh, that we will, if we can, be put on a level playing field. But I don't know. I think it's just um, supporting people who are in minority groups to have a voice. Um, and that's kind of a bit like what we do at work and yes. to join together yes. to uh, try and improve uh, situations for them. Do you have any sort of um, comments about the price of hearing aids? I I think some people have concession, okay. yeah, or, you concession. Know, like reduced prices, uh, but um, yeah, they're pretty high. It's expensive, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the same, I think, for people who go for cochlear implants and that right. type of thing. Um, and I don't know how they prioritise um, that type of thing at the moment. Um, I, I guess it's more for the younger, you know, like babies or young children. Right. That would be prioritised. Yeah. Mm. I think it's really interesting um, just thinking about the different ways you've come from a perspective of being hearing impaired and talking about um, discrimination and stigma and how it also links in with mental health and well-being. And if you, I could imagine, not only you, but because you're here, (laughs) um, (laughs) it would have really made a big difference in your life um, through your schooling and your education. Did you find that it affected how you learnt or didn't learn? Um, I think... um, I know it's different for each situation, but if you miss words and sentences, you can get the totally opposite meaning of what's intended. Right. So then you think, oh, I thought they said such and such yesterday. Um, uh, And the next day it might sound contradictory. And you wouldn't call it that as a kid, but you think, oh, that doesn't kind of make sense. And then it's like, 
oh, what is the real, um, you know, what is the truth of that statement? Or did I get it wrong? Or did, did the person it say it wrong? Um, and I think mostly you think it's you that's at fault, that you know, everyone else is kind of perfect because yeah. they're hearing. And yeah. if and certainly in my case, there weren't other deaf or hearing impaired kids in my school really until I was like about 12 and there was one boy that came in when he was five and had two hearing aids. But um, I think, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to, you know, um, put it into words. Like, if it's all right one-on-one, mm-hmm. but enter other people, and then you fade in and out of conversation. So yes. it might seem like you're being inconsistent too because uh, sometimes you feel more confident to contribute. Um, and you can sit in class thinking, I hope they don't ask me a question, you know, because I might show up as being really uh, not able to answer um, adequately. Um, so it takes a lot of confidence to make that shift. Uh, I mean, I'm a people person. I really like people. But, like, teachers' college back then was like, you know, you had to have perfect hearing really to be a teacher. Right. Um, Did you changed. go to teachers' college? I, I applied. Right. Um, and I applied for nursing, and I, I got into nursing. But there's certainly areas of nursing that would be... Um, like uh, not good. Like I couldn't work in an operating theatre because right. I wouldn't know what people were saying. Right. Um, so if you think the ideal nurse is one that works in theatre, well, <laughs> I could never be that ideal nurse. <laughs> so, um, so there are quite, um, there have been quite limiting employment opportunities or things that you would have liked to have done. Yeah, um, and I think... Um, I was also really interested in languages. I think right. often when something's really hard that you've become more interested or obsessed in it. So, um, like, French and German. Um, I was <laughs> and, and I I did linguistics um, through Massey. Right. Um, but it's like, really love it, but I, I could never be a diplomat or anything like that because I wouldn't be able to understand... You know, but that would be for the, like a really interesting job. But there's certain areas that you can't enter. Do you know what wow. I mean? Mm. Would bit... you have liked to be a diplomat? But just uh, if you could have been in another yeah, yeah. country and and, right. and speaking, and the, being multilingual, I think you know that would be. That's the thing of learning a language, isn't it? Yeah. That when you go to a different country, the sound and the, sure. the way they use the words are, are different to how sure. you, if you learn in a textbook. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I could understand that. That would yeah. be like, yeah. you, <laughs> you might go and say the wrong, the right word, but with the wrong pronunciation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or... Um, Say something that might be offensive in one culture, and not in another, or, and think, oh, you know. Um, I'm surprised that you're really interested in it. Well, in some ways, surprised that you're really interested in lin, lin, I can't even say it. Linguistics. Yeah. So I, I, I also studied phonetics because I want to understand the articulation of sound and how, right. um, like what I can or can't understand. You could have um, been a speech therapist. Yeah, well, a sign language interpreter. I mean, a sign. Yeah, well. again, they're kind of like a bit too hard in a, in that kind of capacity. But um, yeah, just how all the sounds you don't understand, like you know, PBTD, nasals, labials, with the lips are more muffled, and yeah, um, and some people find higher frequency harder or right. lower, and mine's right. higher. Um, 
So, do you think it would be easier now? Is there more technology and more support? Um, I know. I well, there's, there's the issue of mainstreaming, and right. I, I have varying views on that. I right. think something like the Van Ash Deaf Education Centre is is really good, but you also need some contact with the normal, whatever you call it. There is schools. quite a divide there. Yeah, I, but it's, it can be very isolating um, right. with mainstreaming. And, I mean, that could be the same for people with intellectual impairments or yes. Um, yes. maybe autism, um, other things. Uh, that, it certainly yeah. is. Um, with people with uh, uh, intellectual disabilities and stuff, trying yes. to get them into the classroom and exactly. mainstream is a wonderful idea. Yes, but it doesn't always work. No, no, it's still quite isolated. Or um, sure, they sure. have the the special aid teacher to support them. But yes, the getting the kids to actually come around and integrate is quite challenging at times. Absolutely, isn't it? absolutely. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so everyone needs to be on board with that. So, Claire, we've just about um, run out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Uh, I just would like to say that my views are, are my views on, on this topic and my experience is my experience and it might be different from other people who have lived experience mm-hmm. with hearing or deafness issues. It might reflect some other uh, values of others too, uh, but... Yeah, it's just so that people are aware that that's um, just my expression of, of how it's been for me. Um, thank you. Thank you, Claire. Um, it's always really fascinating to me when I look, get to chat with um, different people coming in, and, and I, it certainly made me think about a few areas myself, so I'm sure it will for our listeners make, us, make them more aware as well. So sure. thank you. This is Debbie May signing off on behalf of Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio. Sorrow and a whole lot of ground to gain When you spend your whole life wishing Wanting and wondering why It's a long enough life to be living Why walk when you can fly You can download this and other Quiet Minds programs by going to plainsfm.org.nz and clicking on podcasts. This show repeats on Wednesdays at 10.30am. Thanks for listening. In this world there's a whole lot of gold. In this world there's a whole lot of blame. In this world you've a soul for a compass and a heart for a pair of wings. There's a star on the far horizon, rising bright in an azure sky. For the rest of the time that you're given, why walk when you can fly high?